You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 441. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP441. Hey there, check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question, you know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy to implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, Pontians! It's Amy here, and we are continuing through our mini-series around attracting and manifesting deep relationships. In particular, we've been talking a lot about intimate partnerships, romantic partnerships. But something that I mentioned at the very beginning and kind of throughout this entire series is that a lot of the concepts and the tools and the tactics that we're talking about can really be layered on top of all sorts of different relationships. And in this episode in particular, it's going to be about vulnerability and intimacy in all relationships. So this is definitely going to be something that you can find applicable to your life no matter what, because we're all in relationship all the time, right? So last week, we talked with one of my buddies, Veronica Grant, who's an expert in this particular field of manifesting love in your life. And she talked to us a lot about a specific tool of inner child work. So you will not want to miss that. Make sure you check out last week's episode. And then coming up next week, I'm going to be chatting with another expert, another friend of mine. Her name is Alana Pratt. And she is in particular an intimacy expert. So we're going to do a deep dive with her next week and see what she has to say on the topic. But I thought it was really important that we excavate behind this concept of vulnerability and its relationship to intimacy. Because I do think there are ways in which we glorify intimacy in our culture, but we demonize vulnerability. We say what we're shooting for is to be intimate, intimate, intimate with our friends, have rich connections with our lovers. We obviously in all media, for the most part, deep, deep connection and intimacy is what's modeled and kind of glorified. But we don't talk about the flip side of that, which is the vulnerability aspect. So... Before we jump in today, I want to talk about just this concept of vulnerability through a little bit of a broader lens. And I didn't really think about this until I read the book, You Are Your Best Thing, which is a series of of essays that have been written by Black authors. And it was then curated and edited by Tarana Burke and Brene Brown. 
And one of the things that they brought up, because as many of you know, our lady Brene of House Brown talks about vulnerability all the time. And in this book, they illuminate that there were some folks, specifically black folks, who had a difficult time resonating with the concept of vulnerability because for so many in that situation, vulnerability was dangerous, not just a risk, but straight up dangerous. And Brene's talked openly about wanting to make sure that all of her work and of course, it's not up to for me to, to say, this is just what I have heard her speak on, that she wants to make sure that her work can be layered on all different types of lived experiences. So I think that that was really an important thing to just kind of mention at the top, that the notion of vulnerability is going to be different to all of us depending on our personal life experiences and ways in which being vulnerable has caused us pain, abuse, trauma, and that's going to be quite the sliding scale depending on your lived experience. So as we go through this, I'm going to do my absolute best to make this as applicable to everyone out there listening. And I, and I really think that it's possible to do that. I really do. Because I think the the tool of being vulnerable, which it really truly is a tool, it's a skill set, it's an experience, gets to be our call, gets to be your call. You get to decide who you are vulnerable with. So I'm going to take us through about six different points that I think are relevant to this conversation. The first is the connection, the connection between Intimacy and vulnerability. I think this is really important to understand. The amount of intimacy you experience in any relationship is directly equivalent to how vulnerable you are willing to be in that relationship. So if you are thinking about, let's say, your best friend, if you aren't talking to your best friend about the things that you worry about the most, about where you've been emotionally, about your hopes, your fears, your dreams. If you're not talking on a vulnerable level, it's likely that that relationship is also not quite that intimate. And there are some folks in my life who I very deliberately keep at surface level because I don't feel safe, because I don't feel like that is a person that I want that deep intimacy with because it's just too risky. That is a completely viable and relevant decision on your behalf. Where I want you to start excavating is, are there any areas in my life where I'm actually craving the intimacy? I'm craving a deeper, richer connection, whether it's with people that I work with, whether it is with close friendships or wanting to manifest closer friendships, maybe it's certain certain people in your family, possibly somebody at work. So I want you to think about, are there ways in which I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, which is very common in this, this dichotomous conversation of 
intimacy and vulnerability. On one side, I'm saying, oh, I really want all this connection, connection, connection. And then on the other side, I'm going, yeah, but I'm just not willing to show who I am. And there's a lot of that that's tied into enoughness and our self-worth. There are plenty of people out there who feel as though if somebody really knows me, if they know who I really am, they'll reject me. They won't like me. So I need to put on a facade. I cannot be vulnerable. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But I want to just start by understanding that connection. If you want intimacy in any type of relationship, it's going to involve vulnerability. And most of the time we go, okay, sure, but you first, you first, you be vulnerable first, then maybe I'll meet you there if I feel safe. And sadly, we're all in that boat most of the time. So it becomes this stalemate. So it takes some serious courage and bravery to embody that vulnerability. In fact, I'm going to be talking about this in the episode that comes out next week. But one of the things that I've shared around my relationship with Mr. Smith is I've I've said this for years. I feel like the reason why we get to love as deeply and intimately as we do is the same reason why if that relationship were to end, it, it would destroy me in a heartbeat. I am in that deep. Now, of course, I love who I am. I know that I could recover. I, I certainly don't want to go through that. But I am in that deep. It's the willingness to risk the hurt and the pain because of the payoff. So vulnerability does involve that risk, but it also involves the greatest reward. Now, saying that, I will also not skirt around the fact that my deepest pain that I felt emotionally has been through my marriage. But it's also been the deepest, richest intimacy that I've ever experienced. And those, fortunately, (laughs) those moments of disconnection or hurt are extremely few and far between, quite limited. But that risk where we actually have all of our walls down is what affords such rich, deep connection. So that's why I want to underline that there's actually a payoff at the end of it. We're not saying be vulnerable just for the fuck of it. We're saying be vulnerable so you can have deeper, richer connections with people. Now, if that's not your desire, then I don't know why you're listening to this (laughs) episode. (laughs) My guess would be if you're listening to this episode, there's a piece of you that really does want more intimate connections with others. So the great news is that you do not have to go from zero to 60 overnight. You can take as many baby steps as you want. You can be really, really vigilant about who you choose to be vulnerable with. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you get to go at your own pace. Personal development is called personal for a reason because it's fucking personal. So you get to decide What's too fast? What's too slow? You get to course correct. You get to change your mind about certain individuals. You get to go at your own pace. Okay, number two is the problem. The problem with vulnerability is that it oftentimes is equated with pain. 
for many of us, we've had some sort of situation, shocker, it's usually in childhood, where we were in a vulnerable state, whether it was expressing an emotion or needing support from somebody, whether that's food, clothing, shelter, uh, emotional support, championing, something like that, where in our vulnerability, we got just stepped on and we got met with all of this pain. And then just by how our brain functions when we start developing belief systems, we start to register, oh, abort mission whenever it comes to vulnerability because that equals pain. So what we start doing is we create these associations of positive or negative instances, things that we've experienced, and then we that we been, begin to live into them. We create this belief. So we be, create this association with vulnerability. It's negative, 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 negative. Uh, stay away from that because it equals pain. And that could have been something that in those childhood situations or experiences from your youth where shutting down that vulnerability did actually keep you safe. It was a defense mechanism. It was a way that you could uh, survive. And that is completely understandable. But for many of us, I recognize this all the time. We get to this place later on in life. Sometimes it's as early as your 20s, but I see it more commonly 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, where we go, holy shit, all of those behavioral tactics, those those things that I did to stay safe as a child are now infringing on the things that I want in my life. So that deep connection, that deep intimacy that I want with my friendships, that I want with a romantic partner, that I want with my family, now there's something massively getting in the way of that because I have associated vulnerability as a negative thing. Not to mention the way that our society glorifies that intimacy, like I was saying earlier, but teaches us that vulnerability is a weakness. Now, again, vulnerability can be a weakness in the wrong situations. So with what I was talking about at the very top of the show, depending on your circumstances and your situation, your lived experience, being vulnerable might actually be really fucking dangerous and might feel like the weaker option. But I'm talking about specifically situations where you aren't actually in danger. Situations where you actually want a richer connection with that person. You want a deeper level with your workplace or with friends of yours or family members. Those are the places where the belief that vulnerability is weakness is causing a problem for you. I truly believe that vulnerability can be a superpower. And I think it's probably one of the most courageous things that we can do because everything in our mind is telling us, don't do that. That's going to be a lot of pain. Better stay away from that. Don't do that. And again, this is why I think it's so incredibly important to look at who we are being vulnerable with. And so that's number three. Be vulnerable with the right people. It's not about just 
practicing this exercise of like expressing my emotions more or what no 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 because there are folks that you if you are vulnerable with them they will weaponize it they will use it against you they are manipulative it is maybe it's a toxic work environment where they will really use that against you you have to be vigilant about being vulnerable with the right people so here's sort of a little bit of a criteria for you It needs to be, first of all, with people who you desire intimacy with. You actually want that connection with them. So that doesn't apply to just small talk at at a bar or at a friend's birthday party. Like you don't have to be like bearing your soul to those people to get like an A plus in fucking personal development. That's not what we're talking about. It's about really understanding, first of all, I desire a deep connection with that person. And second of all, I feel safe with them. At least I feel safe enough to take a baby step. All right, so we've got number one, we understand the connection between intimacy and vulnerability. They're directly equivalent to one another. Number two, we are understanding the problem, the problem of vulnerability always being labeled as a weakness, which is not true, and how we glorify intimacy but teach a vulnerability is unsafe which is a recipe for disaster and then the third element is really recognizing that there are only certain ears that can hear us you need to speak your truth into ears that can hear you not all ears can hear you so being vulnerable with the right people here's what I'll also say this is when a lot of times we'll get really really disappointed in people who we want them to be the ears that can hear us. We want a deeper, intimate connection with them, but possibly they're not available. This is really common with parents where we we really wish they could come through and like be what we need or say the right thing or support us through whatever it is that we're going through, and they routinely let us down, but we routinely keep showing up vulnerably. That's that's where we go wrong is we go, okay, this person has shown me over and over and over again that they can't hold my vulnerability, that they weaponize it, they use it against me, something like that, where I don't feel safe with them. Now, I do think that this is also why it's important to do baby steps. And it's really important to thoughtfully communicate, which is you know, sort of a myriad of other podcasts that I've done on this topic. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits, and it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. 
Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician, and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, a physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's Get Checked lets you avoid uncomfortable office visits by providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash bold truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code bold truth, all one word at checkout. That's bold truth to save 30% on your first test kit. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants needs and opinions like yesterday and if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Now let's jump back into today's topic. Number four, get support for past traumas. Depending on your personal experience, there could be a lot of stuff going on here where there's a notion of, People cannot be trusted. And you might start noticing that either, you know, nobody can be trusted, uh, there's a fear of abandonment, there's some past traumas that are happening. And if you start to notice this in a pattern in the relationships that you are in, doesn't matter what type it is, romantic, friendships, whatever, if you start keep seeing the same elements popping up, there's probably a little something for you to dig into. I'm not saying that it's your fault. I think that's sort of a dangerous place to go in personal development. I don't think that's helpful either at all. 
But I do think it's worth noticing, are there things that I tolerate that are unacceptable? I cannot underline this enough, depending on your specific upbringing, whether it had a religious element, whether it's a cultural element, whether it's related to abuse or anything that you've experienced in your life, it can be so easy to make a blanket assessment that no one can be trusted. You may have really great evidence for that. And that is probably going to mean that you have to be incredibly selective and decide very deliberately who are those people that I'm willing to take a small risk with because I want intimacy. If you have zero desire for intimacy, which I think is quite rare considering we are wired for connection as humans, just straight up wired for that, then I think it's worth examining where are the places that I shut down vulnerability when it could actually be a a, a considerably powerful connection in this relationship. It could improve the relationship tenfold. Number five is around vulnerability breeds vulnerability. That's the concept. I want to tell you a little story that happened with Mr. Smith many years ago that I think really underlines this idea. He was in a, in a class where he was teaching and instructing bodywork. And for those of you who don't know, Mr. Smith is my husband. He used to be a part of the show for many, many years and has moved on to, to some really cool things. But he had shared this on the show before. He was teaching. He was working on a guy who he really, really respected and kind of wanted to show off in front of a little bit. One of his students, one of Mr. Smith's students, said something or asked a question, and Mr. Smith kind of kind of dismissed her, kind of acted like it was a dumb question, and felt really poorly about it afterwards. So when the students and, and Mr. Smith were getting together to kind of debrief what happened in the class, Mr. Smith started by really owning his shit. He started the conversation from a place of vulnerability. And he said, hey, listen, that was really uncool of me and how I handled your question. It was a completely legitimate question. And I, if I'm being really honest, wanted to impress the client. And I did that in a way that was really unacceptable. And I I just want to say I'm really sorry for that. And then immediately, the gal who that happened to was able to reciprocate the vulnerability because he started off with such a safe place to land. And so then she was able to say how it felt for her and how she really appreciated his help and blah, blah, blah. Now, do you think that that experience, that academic experience for her was richer Because of that element of vulnerability? Yes, it fucking was. Because going, if it had not happened, it's so easy to just dismiss him. Oh, I had this asshole teacher. Or to not even remember it at all. Or to make it internal, make it about you. I'm such an idiot. I'm so worthless. But instead, by him choosing to be vulnerable, it allowed her the permission to do the same. 
And then they were able to have such a deeper teacher-student relationship and create that intimacy. So this can be applicable to stuff with coworkers. This can be with children, how you speak to your kids. It can be about family and friends. It really doesn't matter. But think about how you go into conversations. One of the best skills that you can employ for a difficult conversation is vulnerability, is to say, hey, there are some things that are on my mind and I'll be honest, it has really been rough for me lately and I don't think you would have any idea about that and for that I'm really sorry and I really owe it to you to tell you what's been going on. That language right there is vulnerable language versus going into a conversation and saying, you know what, we really need to talk about some stuff. That is an armored statement. That's you going in with all of your armor, as Brene would call it, loaded up, ready to fight. You're not soft. You're not owning your shit. You're ready to do battle. Everything changes when you walk into an an engagement with somebody and you start softly. You start vulnerably. And that can be as simple as just saying what's true for you, what's real for you, how you've been feeling lately without accusation, without jumping down their throat and saying, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. But actually saying, hey, this has been difficult for me. You might notice that a lot of the phrases or the various types of sentences that I give you all for scripts of how to speak up a lot of times will involve vulnerability. And here's why. One, of course, it fosters intimacy. It fosters the deeper connection. It caters to the limbic center of the brain. It helps you connect on a more of an emotional level. But two, it's so much harder to dismiss. If you walk into a business meeting and you say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, this is so dumb, why aren't we doing it my way? That is always easier to dismiss. Well, you're just doing it the wrong way. You're just That's just the fucked up way of doing that, that process or that's not going to solve the problem. Versus if you walk into that business meeting and you say, I really want to underline the impact that this process has had on our group so that you can really understand the real day-to-day impact of some of our processes here. And I'll be honest, this is really hard for me to say because I would like to be the one who always gets things handled, no questions asked, done, done, done. But I'll be really honest, our people are really suffering. I'm having a really difficult time sleeping, right? Whatever. You get the point. That's very difficult to argue with. It's much harder to dismiss that and say, oh, you just need to figure your shit out at work or you need to have better balance or whatever. It's so much more likely if you lead with vulnerability that you will be met with vulnerability in return. And I've seen this happen in my own life. This can also (laughs) be very common and a huge surprise When you actually enter into a conversation with somebody who you would swear, I know what they're going to say. They say it every time. They do this. They do that. But your approach, your approach, my friend, has always been a defensive approach. 
where it's been easy for them to mimic your defense. If you shift your approach, and again, this is only in ways that you feel safe doing, that you feel like it's worth a shot or I need to get through to these people or I need to try a different tactic, yelling and screaming is not working or threats is, has not been working or being passive aggressive has got me nowhere. You might try a little dose of vulnerability and see what it does for you. I remember I had a, a conversation with my mom and my approach had always been so much more angry. And this took me many years to learn, which is one of the reasons why I teach it now. And I was always going into these conversations with that armor, like ready to do battle. Walls up and just fighting over who was right and who was wrong instead of talking about how I felt about the issue. So I roll into this conversation with her and I'm just calm and I'm vulnerable and I say, hey, listen, here's how this feels to me. Here's what happens for me internally. And then I want to just shut you down, which is really unfair to you. Like I owned my shit. It was all so vulnerable. And you, y'all shocked the shit out of me. She matched me. She matched me. She met me there. We had some really great resolution. And it was like, oh, here's what we're going to do differently going forward. And it was all because I took that courageous, scary as fuck step to broach the conversation from a place of vulnerability. I don't think by any stretch that it's always the solution. And I do think that there are are folks in our lives who have been toxic or abusive for far too long that they don't deserve the vulnerability. And that's going to be up to you to discern But I think we all have that little internal knowing of, oh, yeah, I don't think I've ever really given them the proper opportunity to be what I need. Let me shift my approach just a little bit and see if I can start breeding a little bit more vulnerability because that will then in turn breed that intimacy. It's a deeper, richer connection. All right. And then finally, number six, here are some really basic baby steps of vulnerable action. First of all, just simply saying how you feel about something. This really is about emotional intelligence. So I don't mean you have to bare your soul and talk about everything that you're up against or how you feel like your heart's being ripped out by, (laughs) you know, a, a past lover or anything. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just being real and authentic. So a perfect example is declining an invite. Let's say that somebody asks you to do something and your first instinct is to either say yes or to make up some lofty, noble excuse of why you have to say no. You can't just genuinely, honestly say what's up. A vulnerable response would be, thank you so much for asking me. I will be so candid. I feel like if I add one more thing to my plate, I'm just going to, I'm going to implode. I really, I hope I look like I'm keeping it together, but damn, I'm, I'm really in an overwhelmed place right now and I have to decline. I truly hope you can understand That's vulnerable. That is vulnerability right there. So just saying what's really true. Or if everybody's like trying, you know, to figure out where to go to dinner and everyone's saying, 
they want to go to Chinese food and you really want Italian. A vulnerable thing in that moment is to go, you know what, y'all? I really would like Italian. I'm super open. If we all decide to go to Chinese, hey, I'm not going to be the stick in the mud that like drags everyone into my fettuccine. But in the service of being honest, that's what I'm in the mood for. Sometimes vulnerability is just saying what's real. It's just saying what's true. It's not lying about how you feel. Another huge step you can take with vulnerability is apologizing. Just genuinely saying you're sorry, owning your shit, saying, and it doesn't have to even be super elaborate. It can be, hey, you know that comment I made earlier about such and such or about so-and-so or this or that? I was really out of line and I I just genuinely want to say I'm truly sorry for that. Done. Super vulnerable. You were honest. You cleaned up your mess. You don't have to get into all of it, whatever. But if you approach somebody like that, you might be so floored what they're willing to rise to. Another perfect way to start embodying vulnerability is through gratitude. So notice that all of these involve emotion. This is all about owning how you feel. That is really it. It's an owning and an expression of how you feel. But it doesn't mean it has to be a deep dive. So again, you can, like with Mr. Smith, I might say to him, I'm feeling a, a, a little bit fragile and raw and just some stuff that's been going on in my work today. And I really need some time by myself. That's a vulnerable thing to say. That doesn't mean I have to tell him all the shit that's gone on on my day. It's just I'm vulnerably saying, hey, I'm in this space and here's what I'm requesting. Here's what I'm asking for. But another great piece of that is just straight up gratitude, just expressing thanks and appreciation towards someone. Somebody does something kind for you or makes your life easier in some kind of way, not just to say, hey, thanks for that, but to be softer with it, be intentional, be present with it and say, hey, that really meant a lot to me. Thank you. For, thank you so much for picking up the kids. It's just stopping and being present and being vulnerable. And there are folks who you will do that with who are so wildly uncomfortable with compliments or gratitude that they'll have a hard time being with your vulnerability. I have friends like this, and sometimes I will just say, hey, I know that that that's sort of a vulnerable thing to hear, so I won't make this any more awkward because I can totally do that, (laughs) but just know you're appreciated. So tell me about this or that, and I might change the subject, right? But those are the ways to foster a deeper, richer connection with people. Those are just some baby steps, saying how you really feel about something, honoring your emotional space, apologizing or owning your shit with with a real sense of groundedness and sincerity. And the same thing for expressing gratitude. All right, so let's talk about this real quick, quick final little assessment. Number one, Understanding the connection between intimacy and vulnerability, directly equivalent. Number two, the big problem that we glorify intimacy but say vulnerability is a weakness. No, it is courageous when done safely. The third element, be vulnerable with the right people. Do I feel safe? 
Do I want intimacy with this person? Yes and yes. Perfect. Now I can take a baby step. Number four, get support for past traumas. If you are walled up like a goddamn dungeon, it might be time to get somebody on on your team, in your corner who can help you with that. Number five, recognize that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And finally, number six, choose one or two baby steps towards vulnerability with the right people so you can start cultivating that rich, intimate relationship. I'm hoping this has been helpful for you. I would love to hear your biggest takeaways. I hang out the most on Instagram. You can find me under the handle at HeyAmyGreenSmith. I would love to hear what really landed for you, what you felt compelled to take action on. And you can do that by finding this meme for this episode on Instagram and just let me know how how what your biggest takeaways were. And I think that is it for this show. Again, next week we'll have another Dial an Expert episode where we talk even more about intimacy in particular and what that actually means as it relates to ourselves and all the people that we're in relationship with. So I will see you around these parts next week. And please remember you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak your bold-faced truth. Peace. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding. But I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.